the empty tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Well, we're going to, uh, we did this earlier in the service, but uh, it's Easter. I just want to do this again. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. You sounded very Anglican. I think a little more enthusiasm. We're talking about the risen Christ, okay? So let's try that again. Christ is risen. Oh, getting there, okay. That was pretty good. One more time, though. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Well, today we have come to uh, to celebrate what is um, for us the the defining event of all of history, the moment that is unlike any other moment, and uh, without it, which. Um, the world as we understand it and, and live in it would, uh, would not be. Uh, we've come to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. 
and of all other seasons of the year, of all other things that we celebrate in the church, there is nothing we celebrate uh, that is more significant than what we do today in the resurrection of Jesus. Because his birth would have been interesting. His death, well, he would have died simply as a martyr. But it was the fact that he rose again from the dead that defined Jesus, that changed the world and changed our understanding of who he was and what he had done for us. But the day didn't really start that way. Easter Sunday morning, that Sunday in Jerusalem, uh, didn't start with that kind of clarity. (laughs) I don't know, have you ever had an event that so took you by surprise and and so um, sort of was so unexpected um, that it sort of just threw you into a sort of whirlwind of activity and in the midst of it, you didn't even understand. In fact, your first interpretation of what was going on was completely wrong. We've probably got many, several events in our lives where that sort of thing happened. Something just went off and and began and and we just didn't know what it was and and began to sort of, it's amazing what we'll do sometimes in a moment of sort of shock, isn't it? I mean, this morning we see people running all over the place. (laughs) And and the interpretation is, is sort of completely off. But that's what happens, isn't it? when we're caught off guard. We don't fully get what's really going on and and that's what we see in the passage that we read from John's Gospel today. Mary Magdalene has made her way out to, uh, back to the tomb and to the garden where Jesus had been laid and as she arrives there at the tomb, she is just, well, she's in shock because she's come to the tomb that morning, expected to see things as it was left. Remember, uh, the tomb had been, uh, the tomb, the, the stone, a, a giant stone had been rolled over the tomb, and, and then this, a seal had been placed on it, and guards had been placed outside of it. And as she arrived that morning, that's what she expected to see. Instead, as she arrives that morning, there are no guards at the tomb, the seal has been broken, the stone has been rolled away, and the doorway is open. And she doesn't even, doesn't even dare look in. She just immediately does what probably many of, or most of us would do, she runs. <laughs> she runs to go back to the disciples, to, to, to the apostles, to, to find Peter and John. She knows where Peter and John are staying and she runs to Peter and John and she gets there and she says they've taken him. He's gone. Somebody's robbed the grave. And and Peter and John are now entered into this moment of shock. They begin to run back and and, uh, I just love the, you know, John never really wants to refer to himself very often and so um, he talks about Peter, uh, but he, he says that, you know, he was there too, running ahead. And as they get there, Peter goes in the tomb and, and looks inside to find nothing but the grave clothes. And John himself finally leans in and looks and sees for himself the evidence he's gone. It's funny because it, John says here that at that moment, 
he says that they believed. They believed at that moment, but what did they believe? Because John also comes right after and says, but we didn't yet know that he'd risen from the dead. (laughs) What they believed is what Mary had told them, he's not there. That was the extent of their belief. He's not there. And been confronted with the empty tomb, they just turn around and walk back home. No doubt in confusion and uh, sort of, I, I, I wonder, you know, on that walk, how much of it was in silence and how much of it was, what in the world is going on? Who could have done this? What, what's happened here? Well, as Peter and John make their way back home, Mary stays there in the garden. And finally, after some period of time, Mary draws up the courage to go look for herself. And it says that Mary came to the tomb and she began to peer in for herself. And as she peers in, she's not overtaken by grave clothes. She sees two angels standing there. And just as she has this encounter with these two angels, she turns and somebody begins to greet her and she assumes again that it must be the gardener. Who else would be here this early in the morning in the garden? And at that moment, Jesus calls out to her, Mary. And the picture completely changes. He hasn't been taken. It's not the gardener. She cries out, Rabboni, Rabbi, Jesus, teacher. And she goes to just sort of put her arms around him. Now, what in the world? He's alive. He's alive. And Jesus says, no, don't wait. There's, there's not, not right now. This isn't the moment. Jesus tells Mary instead, Mary, go tell Peter and John that I'm alive. I just love this moment. It's a, it's a moment that actually for um, so much of my Christian life I sort of didn't ever really sort of think much of, but, but it is in that moment that Mary is the first messenger of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus says to Mary, Mary, go tell Peter and John that I am alive. And now all of a sudden Mary finds herself for the second time today running back (laughs) to Peter and John, but announcing this amazing news. Jesus is alive. He's alive. And it is that message, that message of his resurrection, his life, that is so incredibly powerful. You see, it, it, it wasn't the first time that they had experienced somebody rise from the dead. They had been with Jesus on multiple occasions when he had raised the dead. He had raised Lazarus. They had been there when that had happened. He had raised Jairus' daughter. He had raised others. They had seen others raised from the dead, but they knew that this was different. This was different. 
And they would come to a fullness of understanding over the next few days and weeks as they would encounter Jesus and Jesus would begin to explain to them the fullness of all that had happened before. The Old Testament, the the law and the prophets describing again his own ministry and helping them to see and to understand that he hadn't just sort of risen in the same way that others had been raised up that would just die again. I mean, Lazarus went on and died again. But no, they would be there 40 days from now. They would be standing there as Jesus was taken up into heaven, never to see death again, never to see corruption again. They began to understand that a revolution was underway. (laughs) That as we began talking about weeks ago, that, that as we fell into the power of sin and darkness through our own disobedience that now through Jesus' resurrection, through his death and resurrection, the power of sin had been broken. The hold of death and the grave that comes over us had been broken. That all of those who set their heart and mind against God had been defeated through the resurrection and the power of Jesus. And Jesus invited them to become his disciples, his followers. His invitation to come and follow after him. I think one of, I've said this before, but I think one of the most powerful um, witnesses of the truth of the resurrection is that those who were closest to Jesus in his ministry, in his life, that having experienced and seen his resurrection that they never once doubted it, never once came back, never once they would all of them go on to face excruciating pain and difficulty and challenge. Never once do they renounce Jesus because they had come to see and to understand the risen Christ. And so today that's what we're here to celebrate, to give thanks for his resurrection power for the power to break sin in our lives, for the power to invite us into new life. Jesus called it eternal life. New life that begins today, that begins when we come to know him, that begins when we choose to follow after him, to be his disciples. And as we choose to follow after him, be his disciples, he invites us then to be as Paul puts it, his ambassadors. To be people who go with the message, the message that Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, the message that heaven, that life, new life has been opened to us, the message that God has welcomed us into his kingdom, the message that the war between our hearts and the creator of the universe has been put to bed and put to rest. And so today we celebrate that. In just a moment, we're gonna have a musical piece and then um, we're gonna celebrate some baptisms this morning. It is, baptism is that, um, that identification with Jesus. That public declaration of identifying ourselves with him and we go down into the waters of baptism and as we go into the waters of baptism, we are identifying with Jesus' death. 
And as these candidates for baptism come out of the water, they will be identifying today with his resurrection power. That they too have experienced something of a death and now resurrection, and they are identifying themselves with Jesus. And today, that kind of invitation is open to all of us. Will we identify with him? Will we become his disciples? Will we be his ambassadors? We may have moments of confusion and just like his followers did, but Jesus longs for us to come to the fullness of understanding of who he is and what he's done for us. Let's pray. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we serve a risen Savior. We thank you that you are alive. We thank you that you reign in heaven. We thank you that you invite us into your kingdom. Lord, today as we rejoice with those who are going to be baptized, as we hear their testimony and their story of uh, their choosing to follow you and all that they have been through in that choice, Lord, may we too choose to renew and refresh our identification with you. May we be your ambassadors to a world with good news, a news of hope. Lord, we pray today for those that have suffered in Sri Lanka in churches and hotels that have been attacked this morning. And Lord, we know that there are those that are still suffering for, your, for their faith. Lord, may we have the courage, the courage to declare your risen power today. In Jesus' name, amen.